Hi everyone, this is Prav, who is the CEO of Movement Fitness and Nutrition. We brought to you a new podcast called the Arrow Rights Podcast, where we're going to talk to disabled people or people with medical conditions and talk about their experiences being a disabled person in today's society and how they grow up to become an empowered and confident person within themselves. We talk to so many inspirational people, so if you're inspired by some of these people, please check them out. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube because we upload a video version of this podcast onto YouTube so this is amazing to have and also please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well because we would love to talk to more inspirational people and if you have any suggestions of who could be in the show please comment them below and leave a review as well every Wednesday at 1pm we'll be releasing these episodes so make sure you tune in in this episode we have Lev Maskin who suffers from a disease called Crohn's disease and we will explain about this disease later on in this podcast but he was such an inspirational person he talks about his own personal beliefs of going like through this at his late 30s and now got approaching to his 40s he realizes that he needs to be confident with his own disease and yeah he's also a writer podcaster and a voiceover actor so enjoy this episode guys Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Our Rise podcast and today we have Lev. So Lev, do you want to introduce yourself in a bit more detail? Yes. Um, hi everyone. Uh, my name's Lev. I'm a writer, I'm a voiceover artist, I'm also a commentator and uh, a Twitch streamer and I write for various, mostly at the moment, wrestling uh, magazine outlets and things like that. So yeah, that's, that's me. Really- that's really cool and it's very different from what I originally see so yeah so you told me that you suffer from Crohn's disease so do you want to tell people who doesn't know what Crohn's disease is what Crohn's disease is actually yeah so uh, Crohn's disease is a chronic long-term condition it's an autoimmune disease so it means that your body's immune system is constantly attacking itself um it is something that um, nobody really knows uh, the specific causes behind it. There are various theories that it might be down to diet or stress or genetic issues, things like that. But no one really truly knows the root causes of uh, Crohn's disease. And um, kind of a bit of an introduction about the things that you get with Crohn's disease. You are basically always fatigued. You're very, very tired all the time. You never absorb the nutrients you need from food or at least anywhere near the level that you should be doing. Um, you constantly lose weight, which is a huge issue. Um, you get quite uh, a few uh, bouts of um, stomach pains and you can constantly lose blood and various other horrible things that go along with having um, your digestive tract, basically from your mouth all the way down to the other end, uh, affected by the condition. So you can have ulcers inside your stomach and polyps and cysts and things that can eventually lead to um, cancer developing in, in that, that area of the body. So it affects all sorts of things. People lose hair as a result of it. Um, people develop eye issues as a result of it, which I've started to find in myself. And um, yeah, it's, um, it's something that has no known cure, but has a variety of different treatments mm. and methods you use to manage it on a daily basis. That sounds a bit scary, but obviously you're going through it right now. And I can imagine how much you're going through, like with 
this chronic disease like you can't find any cure to something like this which is really crazy to think but yeah yeah, um yeah so like as you said with cancer development i've been a big advocate of cancer for such a long time because i suffered from it two years ago like i would have a video on it i would just put it up here but if you want to listen to my story about me being born with cerebral palsy but then eventually having cancer so i suffered from both a disability and a medical condition so with having cerebral palsy it causes my limbs especially my left side of my body to become numb and paralyzed and so day to day my physical appearance and my physical well when i move i limp for example that's one of the most notable thing that people say when they approached me like a couple of days ago. I have one of my new friends. She approached me and she said, "Oh, did you break your leg?" Hmm. And I was like, "No, I was born with this. I have a disability. I score cerebral palsy. I just want to don't want to put more into details with this." She's been understanding since then, and it's crazy yeah. thing because no, not many people know about like these kind of diseases and what it can cause you to do. But we are like we are still normal people at the end of the day we still want to do the stuff that we want to do and with my cancer it developed when i was 17 years old as i told you in my video but yeah it's crazy to think because the three months that i had the cancer for was the most traumatic three months that i went in my life like i went through drugs that were acting like chemo i wasn't actually on chemo but i had drugs that caused me to have loose hair to feel very fatigued and tired as you said with the Crohn's disease it does cause you to be really tired and I understand where you're coming from with that so it's really crazy to think really it is um I I think um when people throughout the world take you know various medications for whatever condition they might have but until you've had a really quite intense chronic illness or disease or something like that. You don't truly know how drastic the side effects of some treatments can be. I mean, I'm on uh, a medicine. One of the medicines I take on a daily basis is called azathioprine, which um, similar to what you took is a low level chemotherapy drug. And um, it's worked significantly well for me because it means that my immune system has been lowered and it's not constantly attacking my body however the side effects of things like immunosuppressants can sometimes be almost as bad as the actual condition themselves so whether it's loss of appetite or being sick or, or, or losing weight or losing hair or gaining weight or whatever or affecting your skin there are a variety of side effects that you kind of have to make peace with in order to be healthy again and that's um, unfortunately that's that's just normal life for people with chronic illnesses in this day and age there are kind of rays of hope on the horizon i know that with crohn's disease and other um mm. uh, chronic conditions and immuno autoimmune diseases um there is the possibility in future of um stem cell treatments yeah. um, it's targeted or a general course or whatever it might be in the future there is the potential that in the future that might produce the kind of results that will somewhat either eradicate or completely help um with the day-to-day management of the condition but that's still 10 15 years away yet and in that interim time a lot of people are going to die frankly so there is rays there are rays of hope out there but it's just about 
managing yourself uh, as well as you can as however you can from the moment you wake up until yeah i would say like there are obviously medical advances going forward with treating like chronic diseases like Crohn's disease for example and i really applaud that and Mm. that people are coming up with these um treatments and management but again as you said that it's going to take a really long time and how many lives are going to be affected just from like developing this and taking their time on it so it's really like something people have to consider it's like you're putting risk to the people now when you're trying to develop something but once it's developed you're going to save so many lives and it's the risk of losing those people or who are begging for treatments for such a long time and yeah, it's, it's yeah. about the calculated risk really of weighing up you know how much mm. you have to sacrifice to kind mm. of help the future generations that suffer from this condition and mm. um if i could put myself forward for medical trials i probably would but um you know when i'm married now you know i i have mm. greater considerations than just helping further the the treatment of a disease you know you have greater considerations so i think um like the idea of helping something go along uh, human trials and treatments and things like that will help but um we're in a very fortunate position that in this country and across the world we have a very very good medical science community who are constantly working on these things and Mm -hmm. um, i'm really pleased that that's that certainly in the last 20 years has increased dramatically yeah it's crazy to think because even like 25 years ago you wouldn't get anything like this you wouldn't get any notices and there will be a high mortality rate but now it's getting less and less with the advances in technology which is really crazy to think for sure like it's really crazy so how do you think with like since you were diagnosed at the age of 30 what what things did you have to change to adapt to your new condition pretty much life entirely changed almost um within the space of a month or so um the one of the hardest processes is choosing how you work and where you work and what you do because i was working a very um intense design job which required me to be in a design studio and showroom regularly and meet with clients and go and go on various different uh, business trips and uh, exhibitions and things like that and that that was never going to be a possibility once i discovered this because in the early stages of treating a, a chronic condition it's usually the worst because you don't know what's going on you yeah. don't know what works and it's just trial and error so your body rejects a lot of things and i spent months in bed more or less so i think the adjustment initially was i i can't work anymore i just made that decision i can't work so i stopped working and i i moved myself into a situation where i could be a, a, around um that i moved back to wales because there were free prescriptions there so that made my life a lot easier and i just tried to kind of surround myself with people who that were able to help me in different ways that adjustment is the most important thing is that not trying to power through a situation and i know people can do that but you have to listen to your body if your body is telling you 
you cannot work a nine to five job anymore. You can't get up. You can't do this. You can't, you've got to go to yeah. bed at this time. You have to listen to it. Otherwise you're going to make things 10 times worse. I think the other big adjustment for me was um, changing the foods I ate okay. because with Crohn's disease, um, there are a number of, it, it's, it's a lot of the, the yeah. advice you get is non-medical. So as a, as a result of that, it's not proven. So a lot of it is trial and error. A lot of people have told me you shouldn't eat apples anymore, or you shouldn't eat grapes anymore, or you should avoid tomatoes and nightshade, and you should avoid dairy, you should avoid uh, carbs, you should avoid wheat, gluten, and, and stuff. And it was all trial and error with me. I remember the first time I, um, I moved back to Wales and um, I had a breakfast, I had a bowl of cereal, just like a random uh kellogg's wheaty breakfast thing and as soon as i ate it i knew it was wrong and i ran upstairs and i was really quite violently ill so that was wheat pretty much out of my diet from that day forward so you immediately start having uh gluten wheat-free products um you change the kinds of foods you eat um i eat a lot more protein than i used to do because it's one way of getting as much energy in my system as possible because my body doesn't process foods yeah taking the nutrients it should i have to give it more of the stuff that will work so i have to eat more protein filled foods i have to eat less oily foods i have to eat stuff with no gluten in i have to make sure i'm i'm very careful with fibrous things if you have crohn's disease or any inflammatory bowel disease eating things with a lot of fiber in is is a massive mistake anyway and people ask questions like do you not get constipated? It's like, no, that's, that's never a problem for anyone who has an inflammatory bowel condition. You know, not going to the toilet is kind of like our best case scenario. So you do have to change that. You have to change the exercise you do because high impact um, exercise, some people can do it fine and yeah. have no issue, but that kind of impact physically on your body can cause you to be very very unwell and cause pain and fatigue and other issues down the line so you kind of change almost every element of your life and one of the biggest things is you learn to manage your time really really well you plan everything very carefully from meals from your work from seeing people from socializing going out and you just have to know that at some point you're going to run out of energy and there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to have a place to lie down or something to eat or a bathroom to escape to. And, and that's just the nature of how things are. And after five years of trying to come to terms with that, I think I finally got a balance, but it's something that you never truly get used to, I think. Yeah, it's really like you have to adjust your whole life just to yeah. like adapt to this um, chronic illness and as you said, like from now till like when a treatment comes, you don't know what's going to happen, like the trial and testing. Like you, I bet like in those first months, you were like feeling very stressed and anxious. And did yeah. it have an impact on your mental health once you got diagnosed? Um, it's funny. I've always, it's not funny. Um, I've, I've, most of my life I have had issues with mental health yeah. and I'm of a very specific age. Um, I'm I'm kind of uh, halfway between Generation X and Millennials. And so it's like, I'm from a generation that were encouraged by our parents to just sort of, just kind of get on with it. Don't worry about it. Just get on with life. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Don't think about it. Just do it. 
And that's not a healthy way to live. Um, and it's something that you realize kind of late on. Like, I mean, a lot of people who are a generation or even two generations younger than me now are being taught from a young age that you have to think about, you have to examine, you have to look at and treat and work with your mental health on a daily basis. And that's yeah. not something I was told. It's not something I discovered until I started doing it myself in my 20s. So by that time, I already have a whole, had a whole raft of issues and mental health problems and, and various other hang-ups and things that I'd inherited down the line that I had to deal with. So because I started to have serious um psychological intervention counseling psychotherapy cognitive behavioral therapy in my 20s i learned to cope with situations and adapt to them and be as pragmatic as possible as i could mm. pretty early on before i developed a chronic illness so by the time my crohn's disease started impacting everything around me yeah. i was already kind of psychologically set up for dealing with it because yeah. things happen in my life my mental health issues and the things I've been through and the things I've done you know I had experience and that's yeah. the one thing I will say with people who do struggle with mental health issues and um, who really have to go through them and then like deal with them all the time and have counseling and I will say that as someone who is now nearly 40 and who has been through a whole raft of terrible, weird, stupid, crazy things is that they do make you stronger. Like the things that actually break you do actually make you far more capable as a person and far more psychologically complete, complete as a human being than people who haven't had to struggle and people who haven't had the adversity that you may be having right now. So the Crohn's disease thing was a shock. It was, it was, this is it. Like, this is how your life is now. And yeah. there's no going back. You can't go back to eating Haribo for lunch. You can't go back to uh, staying up until three o'clock in the morning. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, you know, you may, your life is done in that sense. And I, I said something to, to my now wife, when we were together, when I started to develop the Crohn's issues, I said, I think my physical active life is pretty much over. Like there's no way I'm going to be the guy. I used to go for 20 mile walks through like Snowdonia and North Wales and along beaches. And I just walk and walk and walk and walk. And I, I know I can't do that now. Like a two mile walk is enough for me for days that will do me in. So you make adjustments, but thankfully, because I'd also been through and, and, and kind of caused issues in my own life already, I was prepared for the battle. So I feel very lucky in that sense. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like with the whole mental health situation, like you already gone through that and you learned how to cope with it as like when you actually got diagnosed. I think that's really good. Like it's good to actually like, go through all of that already and then go to getting Crohn's disease and you're learning to cope with it. Are you still like going to counseling and therapy now or are you, have you completely stopped that? Uh, well, I, I am thinking about uh, more counseling. The problem is that with, um, and I, I think about it in this sense, um, 
there are a lot of people at the moment in the world that need counseling given the current situation. And I actually feel like because I have some skills in place to be able to cope with it, those people need it more than me. Therefore yeah. I won't kind of join the maelstrom of people applying for counseling. I'm going to let them have access because they probably need it more than I do. But I do, it is something that talking therapies, um, especially because you can get them on the NHS, and this is something I should stress, to uh, anyone out there who's struggling and who doesn't know where to turn, you can get to 11 or 12 appointments of counselling on the NHS free every single year. And um, both me and my wife are, are, you know, encouraging of anybody in that situation to seek it and don't feel any sense of shame or um, fear or trepidation or anything of that. I, I, before I took um, my first lot of um, antidepressants, I was terrified. I genuinely thought I was going to become a zombie and I wasn't going to be able to function. It was going to kill my creativity. And um, I've been on um, low-level um, antidepressants now for well over a decade. And it was the smartest decision I think I've ever made in terms of medication because everything that was stressing me, everything that was getting on top of me, all of the anxiety, all of the fears, all of the daily things that made me scared to go out or do certain things or go certain places or see certain people, all the volume just got turned right down and everything became just much more manageable and nothing. I didn't lose any creative edge. I didn't lose any sleep. I ate a little bit more for a period of time, but that soon went away. So the idea of being intimidated by asking for help is something that is everywhere around us in, in this world. And I really do honestly want to say to people, therapy isn't as scary as you think it is. Medication isn't as scary or as dangerous as you think it is. The best thing you can do for your life is to reach out and try things because experience is the key to becoming a stronger and better person. And mm. talking to someone who is a trained medical profession professional who you know is doing it for free and giving you the time just to be able to express yourself openly without judgment to a person, it's a real gift. And I, I honestly think at the moment more people should be doing it. And they may think, oh, it's, it's nothing. This thing that I'm, doing, I'm dealing with this day to day, it's nothing. It's not nothing. If you're having to think about it, it's something. Just talk to someone about it. They don't even have to be a trained medical professional. Reach out to your friends or family. You know, it's very, yeah, important, very important to be open with your feelings. It really it's is. very important to go to someone who is obviously a trained medical professional, or even you can go to your friend's family if you want to speak, if you feel confident to speak to them. But obviously, still do seek out for counseling if you are struggling with anything. And I really do advocate that a lot with mental health. And I've been through some mental health problems in the past. I have anxiety, I have depression, I have PTSD. So, like, since then, I've been going on counseling sessions and it really has helped me cope with it all yeah. as I may say and yeah so I'm going to ask two more questions on my but second okay. to last question is mm -hmm. how did you think your um, self-esteem how did you build your self-esteem since being diagnosed and that's actually a really good question um self-esteem mm -hmm. thing because oh it, it's so influenced mm -hmm. by things and societal 
uh, ideals around you. It's funny because before I had Crohn's disease, I would say I was probably a bit overweight. I was probably a little bit, little bit chubby, and I was a little bit um, kind of very self-conscious about that. I was um, maybe a stone overweight, and I felt it a little bit at certain points, and I was a bit concerned about that because you're told that you should be concerned about that with BMI and stuff. And then um, in six months, I went from weighing 13 stone to weighing 10 stone. Um, and that wasn't through exercise or dieting. That was from me eating anything I could and having absolutely no energy whatsoever to do anything. And it was just, it was rapidly disappearing. And I've got to tell you, that was way more terrifying than being, you know, maybe a stone overweight and enjoying maybe two Chinese a month instead of one sort of thing. So, um, when I got to a certain weight, when I got down to about, I managed to get to about, I think maybe 10 and a half stone, 11. Um, I was looking at myself in the mirror thinking, God, I'm, I'm really thin now. Like I have some definition again, you know, elements of like my, my toner back. And then mm. um, I was talking to someone about it. It's like, I feel like I look great. And um, yeah. the person looked at me and they went, you look ill you you are ill just because you're you're thin doesn't necessarily mean that you look healthy you look very pale i can see when you've had no sleep because you rarely get a decent night's sleep so um self esteem i managed to do by um i was i was very lucky to uh, be able to buy uh with with birthday and christmas presents new clothes that fit me because everything was just swamping me it was massive on me so i managed to buy stuff that fit me again Mm -hmm. but then um wearing people used to say to me you don't go out why do you get dressed up it's like it makes me feel good you know it makes me feel you know kind of better about who i am i mean i'm I'm hardly dressed up today but like the effort you make in making yourself get up and putting clothes on and stuff that used to make me feel great Um, another thing i used to do with self-esteem and this is um, a really quite random thing um i i got a puppy i got um a dachshund and um because obviously dogs give you unbridled love all of the time and just want to be with you that was a massive self-esteem boost for me because i was feeling oh god i i I might get cancer if i'm gonna die young am i ever gonna work again am i worthwhile and all this dog wanted to do was play with me and hug me and kiss me and immediately like okay this thing that is with me all the time loves me no matter what and feels that i am the most important person thing in their Mm -hmm. life so having that made me feel loved even though i had a a girlfriend at the time and i had family members and friends around me to have this creature this being that always wants to be with you and that believes in you and loves you that's a massive boost and then also because you have to walk your dog i would take the dog on the beach or for wherever it might be a walk and you meet other dog owners and you get into conversations with them and it might just be like oh how are you how's your dog doing has it been behaving itself have you enjoyed the walk today has it been raining is there loads of mud that way but then you build up you meet the same people in the same places and you build up a kind of a relationship you not might not necessarily know their name but you know them as louis mum or yeah. like daisy's dad or something like that so you end up striking conversations with them and, and that act alone 
was a massive self-esteem boost for me because I was getting out. I was, I, I was finally leaving the house and doing something and meeting people and talking to them. Whereas with the, the bad elements of Crohn's disease, I, was, I would go days without seeing another human being. So that was really weird. Um, but self-esteem with Crohn's, I think most of it is about redressing the balance in your life and realizing that you absolutely are worthwhile. And maybe you can't do quite the same things that you did before, but you certainly have the talents and the experience now with something like this to be able to either help others or pursue passions that you may not have had before. And that's something that I immediately focused on with Crohn's disease. I'd had enough of waiting in life. I'm doing this now. I'm, I'm chasing the things that I've always wanted to do. And I've loved it since, you know, it, it's been a success for me on a personal level and my, you know, everyone I know is, is, is proud of me of the things I've tried to achieve and the things I've done since. And that's, that's, that means more to me, you know, that I've actually achieved something and it can be anything as minor as that. But to be honest, um, self-esteem really starts from asking yourself what you want. And I think more people need to do that. And at the moment, because we're all in various stages of lockdown, I think uh, now's the chance to really do that. Yeah, I really think that's really important as well. Like, obviously, you managed to cope with your self-esteem, like, over time since you got diagnosed. And it's a really encouraging thing because many people may still think that they are not confident, they're very insecure. And since then, like, as you told me, you like lost weight people thinking you're unhealthy that really did bring your self-confidence down but then since then be trying to build that up obviously by getting a dog having friends yeah. and family around with you yeah. i think that is a massive self-confidence boost and i really agree with you that so that's why we're actually gonna let leave it actually so okay. thank you left that's for okay. coming on to my youtube had... channel and also to the podcast as well so yes. yeah so if you want to watch more videos, obviously click the link below. If you want to listen to the podcast, listen on Spotify and any other streaming platform we have. And yeah, so take care, guys, and subscribe, like, comment, and share it, of course, because this story is very inspirational. So for sure. So see you guys later. Bye. Thank you for watching today's episode. It was really inspirational to talk to so many people who could encourage us on a daily basis. If you want to listen on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please make sure you subscribe to us on the Arrow Rights Podcast and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Movement, Fitness and Nutrition, where we post the video versions of these podcasts. So make sure you check that out as well. Also check out our social medias. We have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have LinkedIn, and now we have Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So make sure you check them out too. And also subscribe to our newsletter on our website, which is www.movementfitnessandnutrition.co.uk. So you can keep up to date with all the latest news. Thank you for listening, everyone, and take care. And I will see you in the next episode.